Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today, repeat guest, all-star player, Ben Relaford! Hey, here, kid, catch. Yeah, that's uh, my shirt. Oh. Uh, stay away from the stains. Now I get it. It's, a, it's icker. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of blight town in that shirt. Relatable. Thanks for having me back on, Andrew. Sure, thanks for being here. Uh, your episodes are always always fun. It, I, I don't know, I like My episodes? With you. What kind of episodes do you mean? Oh, of Amusement Sparks. You've oh. been on several, but I also am talking about your podcast <laughs> that you do with your brother that is called The Carton Cast, which is all is. about looking back at cartoons from supposedly your youth, but they're not always shows you guys have seen before, right? From from the world's youth, really. The world's I youth. mean, like it started off as kind of ours, but you know, I never watched GI Joe as a kid, and I think that people would still benefit from us hearing from hearing what we think about it now that we've grown up a little. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a show where uh, my younger brother and I talk about old cartoons, see what we think of them as adults, see what holds up, what doesn't, what we like best, and just have a generally fun conversation. Um, we've found a lot of really fun shows that way, and you've actually been on uh, uh, an episode. Uh, the Johnny Quest episode, which was really fun. And She-Ra, uh, actually, too. And She-Ra, that's right! Which is a great pairing. I feel like that's a good uh, duality yeah, of Yeah, old and new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, we uh, are a member of the Fancy Bat collaboration, along <gasps> with uh, Amusement Sparks. So we are brothers in arms. Yeah. And the arms are microphones. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> You can tell that we've done this before, right? We're old pros. <laughs> I mean, you, you can at least tell that we've met each other before. It's a little too familiar for it not to be the case. Right. Exactly. I don't think we sound professional, if that was your question. Um, It wasn't a question, but I was no, you're kind right. of making fun of how we still are sort of awkward at <laughs> speaking, although that's the thing we do on the podcast. Yep. Have you ever tried to, uh, um, what's the word, like translate oh God, there's a word for this like take the words from a podcast and type it out so that it's transcribe like, transcribe thank you you're welcome i i used youtube to do that so that i could you know my show could reach an audience of people who had you know hearing issues or something and it's so awkward like so many of the sentences are not really <laughs> sentences and like they don't really make sense on a written like on a page on the screen they look super weird but they sound natural it's like reading like uh, a, a blurb in a, like a political journal from somebody who like who is like just kind of grilling someone not during a speech and like you'll get like obama saying the word like 30 times in a sentence like, <laughs> oh yeah that is how people talk but i did not associate it with someone who gives speeches right um yeah yeah totally when it's unscripted yeah things tend to be a little messy but that's how we communicate I, th- I think you really can kind of tell the tenure of a podcaster by how many ums and likes hmm. and just sort of sentence sticklers that they have managed to eschew. Because I, th- I think I've gotten better at that over time and being able to gauge the pauses in conversation to make it a pleasant listening experience. Um, I did actually today. I sort of like led my first meeting at my new job and... I took, I like recorded the audio so that I could add annotations to it for people who weren't yeah, there. And cool. as I was listening, I was like, man, I'm like the host of this thing. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like my podcast skills Sound came like into play. like a boss man. Yeah. I was like, everyone's being recognized for what they said. And like, there's being a t- attention paid to each one, but we're like moving along at a pretty brisk, brisk pace. And like, I do know what you mean though. And like, I think that your personality in particular lends itself really well to including a bunch of different people who want to talk. Well, thank so, you. I appreciate that. It, it is a good marrying of like what we do for podcasting. Yeah. So you know, it was just cool a, to see like those same sort of skills and some skills I've almost developed. I think through the editing process more than the talking part of noticing like, oh, I don't like when I do this, and I don't like when people do that because it's just like is, a waste. Uh, this is one of those side benefits that you get uh, by uh, you know having been in the podcast game so long. That, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is always a fun, always a fun time. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see if this we'll theme see. park ends out ends up being fun at all, um, because this one obviously is based on the topic of Dark Souls, which is yeah. You just got to get good. That's all. Yeah, all about getting good. Just try hard and huge amounts of challenge and huge amounts of suffering and darkness and gothic horror 
uh, imagery. So it's going to be a nice, beautiful, sunshiny day at the theme park. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to, to start it on this. Um, do you have... You seemed pretty pretty psyched when I brought the idea of doing a Dark Souls theme uh, theme park to mind. Do you what, What's your familiarity with it? So my cousin, James, is super into the series, and uh, we were talking about how he... I have a PS3, or at the time I had a PlayStation 3, and he's like, dude, you have to get uh, Demon Souls, like the original one. And I was like, okay, I've never played any of these games, but I'll get it. And I did, and it's super hard. Yes, it is. And I didn't even, I didn't know anything, but, like, I, I really like that that game, it's like the storytelling is, encompasses everything, including the mechanics and, like, the menus and the screens, like... It's very cohesive. It's very as cohesive. A, as a work of it's, art. it's all of, of a piece where, you know, I got my first, like, six hours in and had to completely start over because I had chosen a class that I shouldn't have chosen because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh-huh. Um... But it was just kind of cool to uh, text him like once every two weeks saying, hey, I made it through to the next part. Like, yeah, because it's a game that you just smash your head against and eventually you get through and it's like, oh, that was kind of cool. And there's some, it, some sort of like meditation that goes into this game for me of like, I'm yeah. going to fail at this a lot of times. I might as well just get comfortable. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. So like, you know, Dark Souls, I th- it came out 2011, something like that. Right. Mm hmm. Um, I think Demon Souls came out in like 2008 or something, but something Dark like Souls that. was sort of the sort of the game that codified the whole Soulsborne genre of game, which is very very popular now. And I, I don't think we kind of had a, an experience like this in the gaming industry until now, where it really does uh, separate the quote unquote. And I'm sorry to use this term; I don't mean in a pejorative sense, like serious gamers from like the the ones who just kind of wouldn't dip their toes in, like this, it requires a measure of bullheadedness and ability to like commit to it before you kind of get through it. I, you know, I'm no different than anyone else. I spent like eight hours in the, in the front area just before I could like do anything because it, it separate, it, it's, it rewards mastery in a way like no other game really does. If you are willing to pay the price to get through that admission, then you will be rewarded, but it blocks a lot of people off. And from software is so brave for accepting that as the cost of doing business, being like, "Yeah, we're going to alienate eighty percent of the people who pick this up, and that's <laughs> just going to have to be okay." It's a beautiful thing, though, because it, on paper, a lot of the things are sort of like a Legend of Zelda game or a Castlevania game, where it's like you start out underpowered, and then you collect items which allow you to explore new parts of the world, and you get these more and more items, and by the end of the game, you're really powerful. But you don't really feel that at all in Legend of Zelda. You don't feel much more powerful. Like, there's not much of an impact there. Castlevania is a little bit there, but this is just incredibly more intense in that way where, you know, you might get, like, the tiniest shred of a reward and you feel like a god. You feel, like, super powerful with this, like, oh, I have a sword now. Or, like, you know, just this tiny little tool you have to carry you on your way. You feel so, like, it's such a great reward. You really feel everything in this game. Yeah, because you've earned it. Absolutely, you know, and, and that's that. Is, that is more or less. I, I don't know. Maybe the mission statement of Dark Souls is like you earn your victories. Yes, you have and to that fight is tooth it's and more nail true every time. Exactly. Um, do you mind if I give my kind of introduction? I, to I the was Soul just going to ask that. I want to hear the whole thing. <gasps> I'm so sorry, I interrupted you. Do you want to ask it anyway? Hey Ben, uh, what's your history with this uh, game series? Andrew, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. <laughs> um, so when, when I was down living in Texas. Um, which, you know, not a great experience for me overall. However, I was uh, in contact with my friend Ulysses, and he uh, he and I were talking. Um, and he was telling me about this new game, Dark Souls, and said that I would probably enjoy it if I checked it out, and I didn't have anything better to do with my time, so I did, and I obsessed over this for, like, three months straight. Like, this was just my, my bread and butter. I was so into checking out all the different crevices in the game. The atmospheric storytelling really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that RPG element of you can be whatever build you want, and some of these is better than others, but you can... Like, if you want to go with a dual Kestis build of just punching people, you can do that. Like, the game allows you to do whatever you want. And it just, like, the the atmosphere and inventiveness and creativity in the setting was so palpable. And it touched such a 
fundamental part of what I enjoy about like low fantasy that mm. I just um I was really into it and I'm a I'm a you know hardcore kind of tough as nails Nintendo hard kind of gamer. I love Super Meat Boy, so the difficulty curve didn't bother me. It did slow me, mm-hmm. but it didn't bother me. And you know, I've been a convert ever since. <laughs> Yeah, I really wish more games were like this, or this this game has uh, pushed me to the point where I don't always start a new game on easy or normal, you know? Sometimes I'll start it yeah. on hard, just to see how far I can get, and most likely I'll be able to make it through the game. Yeah, uh, you, you've been you've been fired in a crucible at this point. <laughs> I mean, you can, tested. you can kind of make any game into, like, this hard of a game if you want to. Kind of like Pokemon with, like, a Nuzlocke run kind of thing, where... Sure, the, you know, the, yeah. yeah, the... As the gaming industry becomes more increasingly, like, internet age, mm-hmm. you get people who are taking it apart at the seams and, like, enjoying it in new ways. Speedrun community is alive and well, in Dark Souls, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, achievements that you can unlock now for people who want to try to be the, like, just do the absolute limit of what you can accomplish in the game to prove their mastery. Yeah, there's, like, it's it was designed in, like, a really awesome way to accommodate and like even reinforce that sort of um the the information age aspect that gaming has entered to the point at which like there's lore communities that's that have sprung up like trying to figure out hey what does this item description in this remote part of the world mean about the entire thing and it can you know it it's it's a very collaborative kind of uh kind of experience gaming experience and so yeah I, i think it's probably rich territory for trying to turn it into into some sort of theme park. Yeah, and, and the thing I th- that's probably my favorite part of the game is the storytelling, how it's 100% atmospheric. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. a there's many cut scenes or many people explaining stuff to you at all. Um, Nothing's too explicit, no. Yeah, you kind of have to weave the story together yourself. You gotta dig for it. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. You have to work really hard to get the story or just go watch some YouTube videos, which is what I did. Um, <laughs> and that really illuminated tons of connections and things i didn't even pick up on are you Uh, talking about the original dark souls (coughs) um yeah dark souls one and three were the videos i watched today okay it's pretty cool stuff my familiarity with the souls games i've played all of them more or less like i didn't go back into their into from's like early catalog with a kingsfield or anything yeah demon souls dark souls one through three uh bloodborne and a couple like the soulsborne ripoff kind of games or or like inspired by Mm -hmm. sort of soulsborne category of games i am currently making my just making an absolute delight out of the experience that is hollow knight oh i love Um, that game it's so good it's extremely good yeah Yeah. um i don't remember dark souls 2 and 3 very well but like i've got enough strong generic memories that i'll be able to hold my own here and you know i think that this theme park would be targeted at someone who's already a fan of the series um, which the series is already kind of hard to get into. So if you're into the series enough to where you want to go to the theme park, there's pretty much a guarantee that you like the series. Like, I don't think you would just wander into this theme park because it was on Groupon or something. Like, it's kind of for the hardcore fan, I'd imagine. I, was that your I respectfully disagree. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. Here's what I think we can do. And, like, forget, stop me if I'm, like, going in a direction that you don't think is conducive, but what if... We base this, you know, not around kind of like a Disney-esque, uh, Disney World-esque kind of theme park with rides and a bunch of cotton candy and, like, carnival games and stuff. What if we started from Renaissance Fair and built out from it? I like that idea. Um, I think this is a, a theme park where we need to be kind of in the world the whole time, whereas some of the others, it kind of, uh, they're sort of friendly to leaving the world and going to kind of like a safe common area with a food court i can't really mm-hmm. imagine there being much safety or comfort in this one like i feel like it has well, to well, be i mean there's the always firelink shrine yeah you can always go to firelink shrine absolutely there's shrines and there's bonfires which are like small you know moments of peace but um but yeah i really like that and, and i guess the reason why i was starting to say it's kind of for the hardcore is we might not need to retread the exact story from the main games. We could do something kind of inspired by or set in the same world, but we don't necessarily need to have it follow along beat for beat uh, along the game's story. Well, how, how do how deep do we want to go here? Should it just be Dark Souls, or should it be like 
kind of the broader Soulsborne category of games because it's all a good of question. the things that From Software has done, um, I would say like I would also want kind of the Bloodborne experience mm-hmm. if I you know came to something like this. I do think so, the worlds it yeah. would make sense for them to sort of connect together. Yeah. You know they they seem to be in the same universe so to speak. Like you could see um, something of a crossover making sense. Whether, I think what you could, yeah, yeah, you could, you could definitely try to justify it through environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, true, true to the spirit of, you know, the Soulsborne games. What if you went to this park and you started exploring around, and you're like, this feels pretty Dark Souls, and oh, look, what's going on over there? It's you know, there's some steampunky Yarnum stuff going on. There's pistols and like all, all that kind of, um, that 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 sort of Victorian area imagery as opposed to, like, you know, um, medieval Europe. Mm-hmm. A- and you can start, like, exploring the place, almost like in a ge- geocaching kind of sense, and exploring the place and, you know, maybe finding items or evidence that there's some, you know, time is... What, what's the what's the sentence that Solaire says uh, in, in Dark Souls 1 when he's, like, describing how you can co-op with other players? The, the, the flow of time in Lordran is convoluted, I think. Yes, that's what it was. Is that what it was? Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Got it before I actually looked it up. Awesome. Convoluted, yeah. So, yeah. so maybe, you know, the maybe the flow of time in Park Souls is, convo- <laughs> is convoluted. No, Park Souls. <laughs> yeah, Park Souls. Prepare to have fun. Oh, no. <laughs> Could it be anything else? <laughs> I mean, no. You're right. It's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the flow... Yeah, that's, time is so, convoluted. Like maybe that's... The, maybe that's the environmental storytelling that we can do is yeah. we can have the set pieces from all these disparate games but lay clues within them mm-hmm. that you can you know you you can go on uh you you can go kind of your own way and like explore your own stuff and like you find these things that maybe hint at a larger story like uh what what if you like found a, an old journal that describes from the point of view of a dark souls character like maybe sigmeyer left this um, and you know, it's like, oh, I encountered a most curious, uh, a, a most curious uh, entity living on the top of a spire, and like, just describe some place else in the park that has cool. more of a bloodborne feel. I like that idea a lot. That's really cool. And you could have Shiva of the East. He could come right out of a uh, Sekiro. Wow, I was gonna say we should include some Sekiro stuff. That'd be really yeah. cool. It's like a third <laughs> land. Have you partaken? I have not yet. It looks incredible. It is really, really fun. I just haven't yet. I've got a bit of a backlog of games still from moving and all this busy stuff I've been doing. I get it, man. But I'm getting back into gaming soon. I have, like, less and less responsibilities at home every day because our house is almost done. Um, But, yeah, Mm -hmm. that game looks awesome, and uh, I'm excited to get into it. But, yeah, maybe that's the overall kind of thing is that, like, it's... Sort of an, I would want it to be an open world kind of exploration. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of treating it as like a large environment with a bunch of different quote unquote biomes from the various different games. That is sort of like a geocaching or dungeon exploration sort of thing. Yeah. Combined with the centerpiece of it being like a Renaissance fair. What I am depi- what I'm picturing in my mind is that you show up and you get to choose what your costume is. And it can be from any of the Souls games. You can have, you know, a hunter cloak from uh, from Bloodborne. You could show up in more tra- like traditional Japanese samurai garb from like Sekiro. You could have your uh, sword and board uh, sort of European knight thing from uh, from Boletaria from Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. You know, and like cool. it would it would make it feel like because you're you and a bunch of other people are walking around in your own like. First of all, your your own aesthetic, which is very fashion souls, which is like a huge part of the community. <laughs> yep. And second of all, your accoutrement can be like tied to whatever you want your build to look like. So maybe you look like a wizard. Maybe you look like you're from Vinheim or or, or something like that. Oh, that's cool. I... So and and so by like everybody else around you is like from a different land almost. Mm-hmm. Like there are some people who are from Lordran, but there's a bunch of people who are from you know uh, Ashina. And and you just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a very fun juxtaposition of all the stuff that From has kind of inspired. Just walking through each other and kind of reinforcing that larger story, whatever it happens to be. 
and I do like that the idea, like, this world is not quite like our own. Like, time works differently, and it seems like every... You have to say it. Oh, you have to say the whole thing. <laughs> time the, is convoluted. The, 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 the time, in, time, time in Park Souls is convoluted, oh, yes. Oh, man. I, <laughs> You'll learn to I love it. I still don't know if I can say the name of the park. Um, <laughs> Come on, it's pretty good. Park Souls. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, it's pretty it's pretty funny actually. <laughs> it's starting to grow on me, but I okay. love that all the uh beings in this universe feel kind of like they're cogs in a machine where all of the spokes have broken off because it's been running for so long in such a like painful and harsh way. Like there's so much history that's been lost in this realm that it, it seems like you could have any kind of backstory you want to, but I don't know if it like matters almost in a way. Like I love the fact that the the main character is usually just one of a lot of similar, you know, like undead or it's just some dude. Yeah, yes, yeah. the chosen undead is the character from the first uh, Dark Souls, and mm-hmm. what um, what's the, the chosen Ash from the third game, like. Just such yeah. a cool title and concept where it's just you're just another broken bit of machinery that just happens to have either been chosen or proven yourself to be the chosen one by accomplishing, you know, a task by defeating some giant monster and, you know, proving yourself through like judgment basically. You could really feel cool walking around like a room full of like a like a big open space full of people who kinda look in the similar style because that's what you do in the game mm-hmm. is you're walking around and you see a bunch of npcs and you know that you're the chosen undead and that these guys are like less important than you but they don't know that right yeah it's it's a, a world of of equals almost like nobody matters uh it's just how, so how tough matters, you are yeah. like i don't know there's a lot of big monsters and enemies and things like that that are different but it, it feels more like we're a part of the food chain rather than on top of it uh, in this mm-hmm. world, and that we're just you know field mice running around. Yeah, and you and you could totally lean into that with like the people who work at the park. You know, mm-hmm. it, like the reason that I wanted to be kind of Renfairish is because I want a lot of the park workers to be you know instead of having someone in a goofy costume, you have someone cosplaying Sigmire and you know talking like Sigmire to and like photo opping with all the all the kids who come along in their like little <laughs> Hollow Knight costumes. Oh, and, that's super <laughs> cute. Can you imagine like? <laughs> someone in in that suit pretending to be Sigmeyer and like or or like um the maiden of the maiden in black mm-hmm. from uh from Demon Souls standing like at the at the entrance to the entrance to the park to like kind of give you the spiel of where to go <laughs> and like with that weird Icelandic accent that she has yeah or like uh uh the crestfallen warrior at the like the ticket booth <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> that would be pretty cool i'm i'm curious how you would do that like I guess every employee needs to be really intensely in character because uh, it's not at all like our reality, which maybe that's what I was talking about earlier with other theme parks mm. being a little easier to make into a theme park because you can have someone speaking to you in a you know modern accent with modern uh, you know manners and politeness and it would make sense, whereas here it wouldn't really. It'd be really weird. That's true. Um, you know, I I don't think that we should get too hung up on it just because yeah. that's the that's the weakness of a, a theme park is you know this theme park would be great if it wasn't for all the stupid customers. Right? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's uh you're not going to get that per- perfect immersive experience from the other clientele. Right. But if you get it convincingly, like I mean, go to any Ren fair. You know, mm-hmm. you get people there who get it, and people there who are just there to kind of. To kind of enjoy it, but they aren't kind of in on the in on the presentation. They're not willing yeah. to kind of step inside that world, and that's okay. Right? They feel like time travelers or something, but that mm. doesn't disrupt the the world they're visiting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. it's it's much like Souls in that like you get out of it what you put into it, and yeah. if you're willing to go that far into like accepting the premise, then you can forgive a couple. A couple of yahoos shouting their mouths off by drink- and drinking too much Estes or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's just got to be okay. Yeah, the the food and beverage situation would be pretty cool and thematic. Yeah, I, I you could do a lot of fun 
you could do a lot of fun things with that. You could uh, have like sweets shaped like you could have like sweets that are shaped like humanity, like uh, <laughs> like like pastries or something like in that kind of wow. humanity, like that amorphic like black uh, black diamond shape. I don't know you what you would do like maybe like scones or something or like chocolate. Uh, I'm not sure or, what like, you could do, candy. but you could do something. Yeah, you could definitely do something. Yeah. That's that's yeah. pretty fun. And there's like enough games that you could figure out some commodity from every single one. And mm-hmm. and you know, at the end of the day, Dark Souls is, you know, low fantasy European kind of kind of stuff. So like it's not that far from a rent fair. You could just mm-hmm. do haunches of turkey legs and it would look in place. Absolutely, hundred percent. I was thinking that it would be more like a sort of solitary experience, but I it does make sense with like the co op option and yeah. the sort of time traveling um, aspects of the game, which there are some some points where like uh, the history that you uncover points to something happening that didn't actually happen in the long past, and then you end up going back in time to that point and proving that that thing is not true. There's like just some mm-hmm. really cool like time paradoxes. Um, in this game, uh, which I think would be really interesting to explore and kind of help to make it a more flexible storytelling system where if the chosen one dies, it's like no big deal. Well, a, they're un they're undead, but B there's plenty of others and they're from another time and it's just another version of, of them. So you, you, you could also like, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, combative in that sense. Like I, I like the idea of doing of kind of leaning into the co-op mechanic mm-hmm. because like what what I was kind of thinking is that you, you know you can't really have combat yeah. in a place that's open to the public um at least not you know serious combat but what you could do is have like kind of mock battles mm-hmm. you know like if if they trust you not to go ham and like you know attack the people who are cosplaying gigantic armor and foam weapons and stuff then you can maybe get in on the action you and you know a couple of your buddies that you went with are like yeah we're gonna co-op this one and then you go in and you fight these two guys who both have like big stabs and they like try to whack you with like like it in kind of like a whack you into the pool kind of situation but they're just like foam at the end and trying to knock you down they have like and it's not like they have health bars or anything (laughs) but like what if you and your friends just like try to fight for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then eventually the other guys fall down, and you get that, you know, you get that kind of feeling of, oh, yeah, me and my buddies, like, we kind of took this down together. That's that, That's awesome. such a cool thing that you can't really do normally. But, yeah, it, it would make sense here. Uh, like, at Gen Con, this big gaming convention I always go to, they have mm. uh, foam weapon crafting workshops, and then they have foam yeah. weapon tournaments. And it, it's just the same thing. Like, there's kind of rules, like, in fencing or whatever. You're not just going to, like... Mm-hmm you know, knocks, hit someone while they're down or anything like that. But once those basic ground rules are established, you could do all kinds of fun stuff here. Um, And you could be fighting against real humans and then also some that are people in a costume with some parts that are, like, robotic, you know, like a Jabba the Hutt type apparatus. Um, You could definitely do that sort of thing where there's, there's actually a person in there, but it's also got a lot of mechanics making it so much larger than life. Yeah, I think that that could be that could be done on a small scale. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's the centerpiece or the driving force behind this world. Like, I think that what it would be best as is that just exploration, Ren, like Renfair combined with exploration, environmental storytelling. You and a couple of your buddies are like, oh, let's go explore this place, and you're all kitted up in your in your cool armor, and you look like a D and D group. <laughs> And you're like, hey, hey, check that thing out. What do you think it means? And you go, like, read this kind of scratches on a wall, and it, like, is half of a poem. And you're like, oh, you know, I think I feel, I feel like I've seen what they're talking about in this one. It's probably somewhere over there. You know, it just not really following clues so much as, like, piecing things together as you go. And yeah. being able to do that with a couple of friends who are sort of into it in the same way would be really powerful. I love that. And I kind of am picturing it, like, uh, several long escape rooms intertwined within each other where you might find a clue that you're going to use later or another clue you might not ever use because it's not for you like you weren't really on the trail of that anyway and you came across it so maybe there'd be a lot of interacting with other guests and saying you know we found this this item we have no idea what this is for do you want to trade something for it or interacting with park uh, employees who are there as you know kind of quest givers so to speak or people who can give them clues and help them kind of figure out where they are and what they're working on 
by, you know, reciting some of the weird, like, poetry uh, in just the the tone of the universe. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're not going to talk to them in their normal accent, but, you know, they can have several different clues that they have memorized or ways of helping in the local dialect. That would be really cool. Yeah, I I think that could be really fun. Oh, man. Um, The the way you just said uh, escape room kind of, like, made me think of this pretty elaborate setup, but, like... Follow me, follow me down this path. So you and a couple of your buddies, you formed a party, you know, you're no longer looking for group. Those days are behind (laughs) you. Um, And so you go into this kind of, uh, this, this closed corridor, you all enter the room, it closes behind you. And it is like an escape room scenario, wherein you have like this boss at the end, and you aren't going to like fight them sword and board style, you're not going to like physically altercate with it. But like, Maybe you have to get down, get rid of its arcane defenses. So you're the wizard on your team goes and like tries to figure out this puzzle on the side to like, yeah. you know, get the runes aligned in such a way that it like counteracts whatever's going on. Like you could phrase an escape room to go along with the idea that you guys are trying to take down a boss together. Absolutely, you could have you know your your ranger type character like pick up a like a bow and like foam arrows and stuff and try to hit some targets to like get it to open up its weak point. I love that idea. You could even do like maybe the chosen one is a park employee who kind of everyone <laughs> else in the park is is witnessing them on their journey and maybe seeing them die and fail and have to like come back and do it again. But it'd be so cool if you could be a part on, you know, opening a door for the chosen one to get through or helping them to defeat an enemy when it's a giant or some kind of creature that we can't really do with an animatronic very realistically, you know, you yeah. and your party maybe are are stuck in this hallway where you can see the action happening down below, like in the oh yeah in the like sanctuary or whatever, and you're up high, so you and can shoot arrows, yeah. you can work on unlocking something to like you know have the chandelier drop down or whatever. Yeah, you can do all kinds of things from afar. Like our hands are tied, but we're still gonna try to you know help you escape kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that could be really cool. That would be neat. And you could even do some, some special effects and stuff then where you could do uh, things you couldn't actually do with, with animatronics and stunt actors. You could do no, some No, I mean, I think you could just do stuff. this on a screen. It'd yeah. be fine to have it hologram. Like, it could be like uh, like one of those roller coasters where, like, Gandalf is, like, telling you, <laughs> oh, well met, you help help me through this corridor. Uh, but keep your, eyes, uh, keep your eyes sharp. And, like, you know, they're, they're all, like, a bunch of like kind of the, the the screen in front of you shows like a bunch of goblins popping out and again is like oh good show well well met like well dispatched uh young sirs i'll take this wave you take the next and you know it, oh, it tells cool. you that you're accomplishing things mm-hmm. even though you're all you're doing is riding in a roller coaster <laughs> it could be like kind of something like that totally. where it's interactive with like kind of a scripted scene mm-hmm. but you actually do get to almost choose your own adventure style like choose how the scene turns out by doing these tasks in this escape room that's really cool and you could do those um where because there's some moments in the game like in uh dark souls the first game i think you get picked up by this giant crow creature like that's that's (laughs) a roller coaster just getting like dragged around by your shoulders by like velka i guess i don't remember names (laughs) there's there's lore dude don't worry about this whole series town names people names monster names they roll off yeah they sound cool but they're hard to remember they do Um, I I agree. I don't remember hardly anything from 2 and (laughs) 3. Fair enough. The thing I really loved from 3 might be a good um, storytelling, like, way of dividing up the world into different areas. There's this character that's the painter... Um, within I think it's called Adrian Dell. This this world, the painted world, um, oh. where it's it's got the sort of Mario sixty four thing going on, where you kind of go into a painting, like you yeah. sucked into it, and then uh-huh. in that world, there's a painter who is ready for this world to burn down, so that she can paint a new world, and that's mm. how you could connect to that could be a, a, a easy portal 
to get into, you know, the Bloodborne area, or if we want to do like a Hollow Knight area, if we can get the rights to Hell it, yeah, you could make it. No, the Hollow Knight a- area is absolutely like the Hollow Knight area is the only cute thing uh-huh. that kind of qualifies. So I feel like that is like the 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 daycare or like the <laughs> you know the family kind of the family friendly zone. I would the, gladly serve yeah. out the rest of my career working in the the, the Hollow Knight daycare center. That yeah. sounds so cool. Like all the all the kids wearing the cute little helmets with horns. I'm picturing the rooms where you go. Like I don't remember if you save there or you get energy or something. But there's rooms yeah. with all the like little baby grubs everywhere. Oh yeah, the grub father. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You it. could have some singing grubs like oh. at like a at kind of like a you know um, like a little Einstein's kind of kiosk sort of situation oh, where like great. you know like a little toddler just walks up and like starts playing with them and like pushing the buttons and little grubs pop out and sing and the the methods of conveyance of getting around the world in uh hollow knight like the little tram system you could use those the last stag yes. yeah those could be like your your flavor for your you know people mover type stuff for how you get around because yeah there are some some other really interesting things about most Soulsborne games um, where it's about this big interconnected network where, you know, you're walking down this, this long path and things are getting really, really difficult. And if you eventually overcome it and get through, you link back to an earlier part that you've been to. So that's like yes. your saving grace of like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to travel this whole way to get back there again. You unlock yeah, familiarity more familiarity is kind of, is kind of shrinking the space yes. of the park, which is like, that's good any that's any kind of like mapping system mm-hmm. in a in a good game is like once you figure out how everything's connected it's just not that it's not that overwhelming like it's still as big yeah but it's just not as overwhelming and like the transition from i'm never going to be able to figure out what's going on here to i understand this place pretty well right. is actually I think that, that that would be that would be a fun thing to experience in like a real life kind of setting yeah it would be super amazing to do in real life that whole you know, it's it's darkest before the dawn, which isn't true. But like that that idea of like <laughs> I will never make it out. Oh, oh, okay. No, I'm I'm back to where I was. That's cool. Um, yeah, that'd be really rewarding and exciting, and and encourage like repeat visits and trying yeah. really hard. Like I can't leave yet. We have to get through the end of this this you know area, this city. Yeah, we got to finish this spoke. Yes, spokes. It, it'll definitely shortcut us back. I know right. that. I just like <laughs> need to get through it. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. that's so fun. I love that. Um, yeah. hmm. what are your thoughts on the bonfire sort of warping system, like Lord's Vessel and all that stuff? Is it possible to teleport around in this theme park? I don't think okay. so. I think that the, I think that the fire, I think the bonfires should be a place of refuge, mm-hmm. though. Like, I, I think that they should be where you can take off your mask, take off your armor, just kind of chill out with other people who've experienced the park, you know, talk to them, uh, almost kind of like shed your, uh, your role Mm -hmm. in this world. Like you don't have to act anymore. I mean, you never really have to act, but like, it's the place where you can kind of, uh, commune with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever you sit down at a bonfire, you see those phantoms running around of like other people at bonfires. How cool would it be if, you know, like, you've been walking around a while, and you see someone in the distance who's just sitting down on a log in front of a bonfire, and you're like, oh, I wonder where they've been. And you walk up to them, and you just start having a oh conversation of where you've been How and magical. where you want to go. And, like, yeah, it would, like, be a pretty it'd be a pretty cool way to, like, it, I mean, you'd, you'd have to, like, implement some sort of policy, like, not to share the information online ahead of time, because mm-hmm. that's going to ruin it. Mm-hmm. But, like, any good gamer knows, you go through the first, first playthrough is blind. Right. It's got to be how it is. <laughs> True. So, like, if you just got there and you're like, I've explored a little bit and I want to see what's going on in that direction, but it looks kind of spooky and, like, the terrain's not that friendly, like, just to be able to talk to somebody else who's been who's been there to, like, kind of kind of tell you what's up in that direction, that would be a super cool moment. That would be, like, you talking to Solaire about, like, what lies beyond this door, you yes. know? Yes. That's a beautiful moment. I think it'd be a really nice break as well and you could even yeah. have some that are like bigger safe areas kind of like the nexus in uh, demon souls the nexus yeah. you could have like majula ah. in, in dark souls 2 yep you could like those might be the things that you try to recreate right like those big open kind of safe zone areas safe like plaza. If, think about this in terms of like the organic storytelling stuff 
maybe your save zones from the other from these other locations are the things that get ported over directly and the farther away you go from the safe zones the more they start to get a little bit more ephemeral and less focused on that particular game hmm. and like start to mix a little bit mm-hmm. i like that you know? yeah that makes sense yeah cool and th- those big sort of safe areas are where you could have like restaurants and if you wanted to yeah. have a shop like there's like merchants you can buy stuff from Totally. You know. I want to go to the Hunter's Dream and, like, talk to Garman and have him, like, sell me a cool, like, clasp for my cloak. Oh, man. I absolutely want that. Yeah, that's super cool. Because in the games, what, sometimes you you find a shop or a merchant, you're like, oh, my God, I needed this so bad. Like like mm-hmm. we said, you know, it's it's a pretty consistent thing throughout the game. You're extremely thankful for the scraps is what I'm trying to say. The larger rest areas being shops is like a perfect way to actually introduce that Mm -hmm. and like that's how you would have the mp because in the npcs in this game you know they're very rarely out and about exploring most of them are like shopkeepers or townsfolk or like yeah we don't want to go in there like there's uh there's crazy ravenous monsters down there why would we explore like we're not insane (laughs) right um most most of them hang out around town so like it would actually make sense for a lot of the client like for a lot of the uh, the workers of this park to be hanging out in Majula mm-hmm. and like serving up you know Euro Towers or whatever. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know why I, I thought of Euro Towers just now, but hey, it Euro makes Towers. a lot of sense. I mean, you probably wouldn't have like the you know the lamp system would be a little more medieval, but yeah, that that works. That fits. I mean, like you know, if, if meat technology has come a long way. Yeah, right. You can't you can't remain in the past. <laughs> Or can you? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, hmm. What happens if you die when you're fighting against some sort of monster or creature? Can you die? Well, oh, you're undead. I don't think so. Like, I, I think you could. Like, if you wanted to, it depends how you want to play it. If you wanted, you know, to it's. Die. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, this is it's it's a theme park. It should be a little bit, you know, you should choose the experience you want to have. So. If you and a couple other people were co-oping against a boss, which is just another employee of the park or whatever, and you take a, a good whack against the shoulder, maybe you, like, collapse and, like, just stay. You know? Yeah, you're, you're that, playing dead in a way. You can play the, yeah, mm-hmm. play the part. You know, um, you could have, uh, you know, your teammate could revive you, or you could just, like, see if they could finish the job, or maybe the boss wipes your whole team, and that could be really cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think there needs to be any mechanics around that necessarily. It's it all it's all predicated on how much do we trust the framework of uh, a mock battle in a uh, in a Renaissance fair. Mm-hmm. And I think the I think the people who would be into it would be into it enough to not be crass. Yeah, at least that is my hope. I'm with you on that. And but the thing in the video games that makes the game what it is is the fact that you die so often and you get the big screen that says you died but mm-hmm. in this we don't really have that as a way of showing you really really earned it this time you know you could role play getting knocked down 10 times in a row but that's not very fun and that would take forever so it might feel a little easier where like maybe you role play that you died the first time and you came back at the bonfire or whatever and you go back and fight them again and you won this time oh yay but that's not nearly as hard as it is in the actual game, but I think it's more about exploring the world than experiencing death so many times. I think that the exploration element is probably the one that's going to be easiest to integrate with uh, with this part. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, what, I, what I like to imagine is all the different biomes from the various games and how they might intersect and, like, bleed into each other from one place to the next. Mm-hmm. Like... If you were in a kind of perfect field of flowers, Sekiro style, and then like you kind of at the at the far side of that is like this this river on and on the far side of that river is like this decayed wasteland kind of Dark Souls three dead forest wow. sort of vibe to it. Yeah. Like you know, I think that would be the fun part of this park is just like this could feel like an actual ecology. And depending on what I find, it might, like, inform, like, oh, yeah, this, like, if, if you find, like, uh, like, imagine this. And, like, this is just basically off the top of my head. But, like, there's so much potential for kind of telling these story, like, little fragments. Um, you could have a tree 
and then like carved into it um you could you could say things to the effect of like uh we're not in like i don't know we're not on lordran anymore and like they, they could sign their initials and it would be a person from lordran and you'd have to think like how would they have gotten here like what <laughs> biome fits there mm-hmm. if you had um ostrava like the I, I don't remember what his full name is but like if he like carved a message into a tree being like this is not this is this is hardly like boletaria and then signed his name ostrava first of all nice easter egg for anyone who played demon souls right but second of all you know that ostrava came there from boletaria like which is like a kind of ritzy palace um medieval city sort of thing well go look for some palaces see if there's Mm -hmm. anything else that he wrote down or like evidence that he moved from one location to another like kind of thinking about those quest lines and seeing the item descriptions and how characters got from one place to another i feel like that is like the really rewarding stuff from dark souls there's definitely you know combat encounters there's definitely mechanics that are enjoyable but the core of it is exploring and getting a new understanding based on what you've learned. Yes, that's a great point. And I really also like the idea that because there's sort of time travel and traveling between worlds and all this stuff, that you can use characters who, you know, are canonically dead at this point and they can still show up because just the nature of, of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I convoluted and it's stuff. convoluted and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's super cool. Uh, and you could yeah. you could change out the story elements, you know, like uh, sometimes on Amusement Sparks, we'll do like a seasonal change. They swap out the, the bad guy or swap out the storyline. In this, you could just change like one artifact every week and it's always a little bit different and like kind of slowly shifting. Um, but it's because you're kind of expecting to find some clues that don't quite fit in. Like it's like you're collecting jigsaw puzzle pieces from like 20 different puzzles all the time mm-hmm. I, I don't know i think it, yeah. it's there's some sort of cool ephemeral thing to the way that the story and the world and time is like sort of shifting that's a really unique and really compelling and really uh special kind of concepts it sounds really you, cool i think you could do it like that i i'm wondering if like you know, every so often, every season or something, you know, new DLC comes out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, like, the the stuff that's already there stays there. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, you've added new NPCs. Maybe you've added a new area if you really want to be ambitious. Maybe you've just uh, kind of tweaked the item, like, the, the descriptions, the environmental storytelling that you've already done mm-hmm. to be, like, a little bit more direct or indirect, as the as the case may be. Like, it, I, like balance patches almost. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like... You can kind of tweak this to become a more complete story. It'll still be incomplete in parts, but you can add more detail that sort of colors this in. And if you have repeat customers, they will know how it was from the beginning, and they'll have lore theories. Imagine this. Yes. They go on like they go online and they talk about, hey, I think this guy might have come from over this place and this at, at this other place of the park, and they'll be like shouted down, like, no, no, the you know the 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 uh, fog village or whatever doesn't support that because of all these reasons and then like the next time they go they find something in fog village that supports or you know denounces one of their viewpoints it starts filling in what is the actual story of this place you know Mm -hmm. and that's one of the cool things about dark souls is that the lore community is always i have a very strong um memory in my head where dark souls 2 is going to come out and because of the animation when you go to a bonfire it looks like blue fire there was so much hype on the internet about, oh, they're going to, they did pyromancy in Dark Souls 1, now they're going to do cryomancy. And, and, like, you know, that didn't come to pass, right. but, like, they caught on to it and it became kind of a running, you know, a, a lore speculation mm-hmm. that ended up not happening, but it was still, like, a cool thing to posit. And, like, yes. if you had that from week to week, you know, you have these lore speculations, and yes, they get disproven, but you're like always creating a new story. You're always engaging in that dynamic storytelling. I think that I think that that would be that would be a really good way to do it. You could even have like um, you could you could leave all the previous quests where they were, but like you could have a um, like, a, like an event mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. that like the park sponsors is like this 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 next week is uh, is this event, and like it it features prominently a big quest line 
that has a few different NPCs in different locations, and by walking around and talking to them and figuring out what's going on, you can sort of flesh out this one person's entire story. But it, it can be on top of that world that already exists. Yeah. You know, it can be how um, Genichiro from Sekiro or whatever, like, learned of a blade that was even stronger than the mortal blade uh, that Shiva of the East was going to peddle. And so, like, he tried to track him down. And you could follow the story that they set out with that. Um, you know, there's nothing to be had except for good story, but that's why you're there in the first place. Yes. Wow, well said. I love that. That's super cool. And then, you know, if you want some variety or, like, a break from the from the storytelling and gathering clues and sleuthing around, you can go do combat. You can go ride on a few rides. I imagine that there would be a pretty kick-in, like, arena location. Yes, absolutely. You know, like, where you, you could do that kind of uh, renaissance fair, kind of maybe, like, not jousting but or, like, mock combat, but, like, you know, you got your foam weapon, you got your foam shield, and you just kind of kind of rumble a little bit and you'd have a lot of uh people watching from the sidelines it would really feel like one of those fight clubs that they try to set up in uh in uh souls communities i think that'd be awesome what kind of rides do you envision um i was picturing like just some things like you know (laughs) medieval sort of style which would be like big you know carts rolling Mm -hmm. down like a big wall or something oh you could you could take a literal like horse and four like from uh like like through central yarnum oh, from bloodborne cool. you could like like if it like in the like it like great escapes version of like the lazy river mm-hmm. you know where, where you just want to take a load off and kind of like look around the area and just relax that's how you do it you'd have a literal carriage there you'd have like horses and carriages oh, that that's take cool. you around in this area yeah and that's an, a way of getting to where you want to go so you don't have to walk everywhere um you could do riding on top of, you know, some giant beasts or, like, uh, in the Hollow Knight area riding on that, you know, big beetle thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the stag. Yeah. You could, uh, you know how those gargoyles lift you up in the first Dark Souls and take you to Anor Londo? Yeah. You could probably do, like, a, one of those, like, harness roller coaster things in that, Ooh, in, wow. that, in that style. No, that's super cool. There's all kinds of big scary things that you could strap someone on the back of and make a that the concept mm-hmm. when you know you jump down on this boss and strap on your safety harness and then they go running <laughs> you know running around and knocking down walls Uh, this all as an indoor theme park because the bright sunny sunshine is going to ruin everything no i don't think that the bright sunny sunshine ruins things okay like i I think that you can have a perfectly fine um you know atmosphere in the out of drawers uh just by just by some clever you know um clever direction clever clever uh set design um you know it's not as though every place in the dark souls series of games is you know pitch black you know mm. velvet it's it's like you know it, it it can do a lot with um kind of contrast so like it doesn't need necessarily need to depend on the weather you could have indoor like areas i don't see any reason that you couldn't but i i do think that you lose something by not having in quote unquote open world yeah that's a good point and and you're right that like the whole world of dark souls is kind of about the fire always burning although darkness is always creeping in it's like yeah it is kind of about a fight the, against the inevitable yeah yeah but but never giving up on that regardless of the consequences and the fire never goes out um yeah it's it's kind of a cool metaphor like i wonder if some of the initial planning like almost metaphorical like really zoomed out storytelling was them like sitting around a fire as it's like starting to die and then it'll pick yeah. up a little bit more or a little bit more fuel will go into the fire, a little more kindling. And it mm. it just like takes forever to go out. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. There's some, this story is really cool. Like um, listening to people talk about the lore, it's, it's really poetic and really cool. And you see the kind of like 
uh, fractally nature of it, where things are happening on multiple different scales, but they are all pretty similar. I uh, I don't know why this just came to me. Like I, I, you're very good at like the big picture kind of thing. I'm just thinking of like little moments that kind of work. Yeah. Um, did you play any of the Hollow Knight DLC? No. The uh, the um, the Grim Troop, the uh, like those weird jester things. No, I don't think I even knew there was DLC. Because I feel like yeah, I finished the, well, the main game. Well, they came game. out with, like, they did finish the main game, and then they came out with, like, a couple expansions, and by the time I bought it, they were all just included in the package. Hmm. Jester things, you say? Yeah, there's, like, this carnival that shows up in town, and, like, it's trying to do a demonic ritual that's based around, like, fire. Wow. And I was thinking, like, the torches that signify that the, the jester people are near, um... What if you, like, fa- encountered one of them and saw, like, a- somewhere around the corner and, like, down a down a hill, you see, like, the remains of a fire, uh, like, of, of, of a fire keeper. Oh, wow. Who is, like, keeping the flame lit. <laughs> like, just that kind of, like, you can meld these two genres together you somehow. Totally because this is between worlds, so, like, why not? Right. And I know the scale is technically different because Hollow Knight's about insects, but I, yeah. I like the the vehicles. There's this tram sort of thing yes. in Hollow Knight that definitely feels like it could fit into the world of Bloodborne. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's parts where each of these could segue into one another. The tram would be the roller coaster. That's yeah, perfect. No, definitely. Um I like that a lot. That's really fun. Yeah, oh, I like that too. Jeez, man. I uh I, I think that like you could do a lot of good with like a Sekiro style um like temple or castle or like household like a like a like a stereotypical kind of japanese household mm-hmm. that just has a lot of um that that like make that, that could be like from a artifact collector and it has a bunch of different shit from a bunch of different games that presumably they picked up around the premises Cool. And like you could just, it, it would just be kind of like a fun way to like be like, oh yeah, the, the the people who designed this park really get what I like about it. Like here's like the 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 Hollow Knight mask, but like you you could just have like sort of a museum of different soul stuff that you know about wow. and like descriptions of it described in the universe of Park Souls. Yeah. Wow. So man. like you know, yeah, that's really cool. Be- Is this something you think that guests could contribute to as they go through and find something that? They don't know what to do, but they're like, this belongs in a museum, and then they can take it over and, like, add an additional exhibit? Yeah. Or is this going to be a thing that's already complete, and it's already in the world? Well, that that would be that would be kind of a hard thing to do on an everyday... Like, you, you couldn't have it on a continual basis, but maybe, like, on a weekly or, or two-weekly mm-hmm. basis, you reseed all of the artifacts around the park, and then, like, people who are exploring, they see something that's like, oh, that's pretty neat, and they can pick it up because it's not bolted down, and if they see, like, a sigil on the bottom of it, that means, hey, this is an artifact, go to the museum yeah. and, like, curate it. And then you give it to them, and, you know, they put your name underneath it, and these, like, donated to the, donated to Park Souls by, you know, whatever your name is. That's really cool. And, and like, the... Um arbiters or the librarians or whatever at this area could kind of help give you guidance in whatever they've got to be the 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 arbiter of this library has to be like someone crazy from bloodborne like mikolash (laughs) with like that cage on his head just like howling incessantly or whatever or or the um um or or the uh the the those tentacle monsters from the duke's archives from dark souls one you know they, they like the I think they're called pasakas. They they're like young girls that get turned into like weird tentacle monsters, and they like, they like move books around or like Seath. You could yeah. have like Seath the Scaleless. Oh wow! <laughs> like curating the curating the archives or yeah. There's so many like sort of transformed witch type characters in Dark Souls. There's it's a popular archetype yeah. in like gothic horror, <laughs> right? But any any number of creatures and th- yeah, as long as they have a way of speaking that would be a really cool uh resource mm-hmm. in that area and you know they maybe they're not the most helpful people ever because everyone in this universe is a little tortured and a little insane but yeah no there's it's still all for flavor yeah but they could it could be a safe place if you're like i have no idea what i'm supposed to do next or like i'm getting to the point where this isn't fun because i don't know what i'm doing 
you could go there and sort of talk to them and they could teach you about some of the relics or give you some clues about maybe an easier path either easier path or here's kind of how you get to the hollow knight area if you want to take a break they could yeah they definitely could they could also be like you know in a normal theme park you meet goofy and he's really polite but like in this theme park you meet like what if goofy had like ptsd from his kingdom hearts days (laughs) and like just like stayed out too long and got like infected with like a werewolf virus you could get that version of goofy too like and i think i would be just as thrilled to like talk to someone who's like oh this park has not done good done good things to their psyche oh that's great yeah i really like that and and it's kind of fun for the employee to be able to um not always have to have a smile on their face and they're allowed to absolutely uh, yeah get out some of that pent-up aggression that most park employees <laughs> you, could get, like, you could get them on like rotation from disney world just like <laughs> are you tired of kids hugging you like are you, ready it, to you just want to like babble yeah. incessantly in on in unheard languages from the dawn of time for a while like <laughs> that's good absolutely have them on rotation oh man yeah that's super good i love i that. can imagine like going to this park just to like volunteer as an npc yeah i feel like we'd like do a legit like um what are those like like larp like yeah. a, like a legit larp kind of thing it's, like this could be mostly in community larp supported right it doesn't even necessarily need to be commercial right we could just hire everyone from the local theater troupe and we'd have a ton of interns i'm sure uh Mm -hmm. can you imagine being like a set builder here too that'd be so cool oh my god (laughs) and like have the people from like the society of creative anachronism doing mock battles oh geez absolutely and even like you could like give them vocal coaching for like this is how you yell like siegmeyer and this is how you yell like uh uh, Gyobu, the demon, and all that stuff. This is how you talk like Zote. There's <laughs> from uh, from Hollow Knight. There's so much flavor here that I think it'd be really fascinating to work there. Like even as a chef or something, getting to use some arcane technology and you know a little bit of magic to your your day job would be pretty cool. Although you are kind of, I, th- I think it'd be pretty cool. You're kind of working in hell every day, but it's a living. That, that's that's a, that's okay. It's a dying. Yeah, I mean, like, I imagine that there would be a lot of... I think you, you, I think you, I think you could definitely... How about this for um, some of the... At some of the bonfires, you could legit have, like, bonfires and, like... You could either order your food or, like, you could order, hey, I want this, like, thing. It's not cooked yet. I want to cook it. Uh-huh. Show me how. Oh, that's like, cool. Like, you could have, like, a little tutorial. Like, this is how you want to cook it. Make sure you hold it here. Like, this is how long you want to do it. Or you could do, like, s'mores for kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the Hollow Knight area version of it. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, as long as the adult yeah, like, signs the waiver that if they eat raw meat, they're eating raw meat. So uh... we already have like Japanese steakhouse. I mean, like, yeah, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> right, that's a good point. <laughs> wow, I would love to go to this theme park. I feel like a season pass would be a requirement just for getting more and more of the story. Like, I feel like you'd be so hooked. Especially because there's not all the dying and all the physicality that you might imagine would be in the theme park. That it's pretty comfortable. Uh, and you get yeah. to just take in the ambiance and take in the storytelling and, I don't know, the I don't know, there's just so much cool stuff going on around you all the time. It definitely, like, gets rid of one of the most difficult pieces of friction for Souls, which is the difficulty curve. Mm-hmm. In favor of something that is much more um, open-ended and, like you get what you want from it which I, I don't think is necessarily bad like i did kind of envision this as a theme park meets a um renaissance fair yeah which I, I think is like lots of people like going to renaissance fairs yeah and there it's not for necessarily like the reason that you want to be in that world but like you just want to visit you know right. it's okay to dip your toes in to a dark souls world if you don't want to actually play it, like I've met people who really like Dark Souls and have never played it because it's just too hard for them. Right. It, it is really fun to to watch people play through the games. Um, it's a valuable experience without the gameplay. Yeah. Wow. That's a good point. Yeah. Literally, I would recommend watching some lore videos because yeah. the exercise of playing the game, the actual battles, is is not. Uh, it's it's for certain people, but not for everyone. And the lore's not for everyone either, but it, it does, I think, invite more people who are just fans of fantasy in general or fans of really crazy story world building 
Um, and if you're a fan of any kind of fantasy that you know the Soulsborne thing has done, like you'll find it there, right? It, it is and pretty diverse like, as well. And if you're like, uh, you know, if you're in your, if you're just visiting there with your friends, you can like create a group and like plan that right from the beginning. Okay, you be our caster, I'll be the archer. He'll be our 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 main uh, our main fighter, you know. And like, it doesn't make any mechanical difference, but like it gives you the feeling of like a well balanced kind of play group and that's that can be fun too but like if you're not there with your friends if like it's a family you've got you know the hollow knight play area mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of like wide open spaces to walk around in you've got the carriage from uh bloodborne like you there's still a lot to do depending on what you want yes that's a good point <sighs> well done i think this is a super cool Thanks. theme park <laughs> Uh, awesome. So, listener, if you like Ben and you want to hear more of him, he's been on a lot of Amusement Sparks, but he's been on even more sure. of the Carton cast. I've been on, uh, I think I've been on the most Carton cast Almost out of everyone, anyone right? by now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you mind if I plug my plugs? So, yeah. If you want to go to, uh, if you want to go check out my podcast, uh, me and my younger brother talk about old cartoons, see what we think of them as adults. It's a real fun time. And uh, we always learn a little something about uh, the yesteryear of cartoondom. Um, then you can go to our Facebook page at Carton uh, or our website, cartoncast.com. You can also go to our group website, fancybat.com, which hosts all the shows on the network, including the Cartoncast, and also including Amusement Sparks. Woo! It's a cool um, website. So we... Ben's done some super good work on that recently. It's Oh, stop. I mean, like, I'm proud of it, but, like, you know, I was starting from a very low bar, so that I don't know how much that actually means. But, yeah, if you want to go ahead and criticize my website and let me know about it, you can go to uh, our contact page on that website and uh, drop me a line and tell me what you think. 